Our Earth and our future is both in danger and influx. Welcome to Influx, the podcast where we navigate the different sides of climate change from easy everyday changes to worldwide environmental impacts. I'm Carly. And I'm Camilla. And we're the innovation editors here at Influx Magazine. In this episode, we're going to talk about thrifting and the importance of secondhand clothing when it comes to sustainability. I'm really excited for this episode because personally, I've been thrifting since I was like, I don't know, maybe 12 years old. I think that's a pretty common thing, especially to find in the Twin Cities. And we are going to be talking to two vintage and secondhand shops. The first brand that we're going to be talking to today is going to be Blue Tuesday Thrift, which is kind of like an online Instagram brand based around the Dinkytown area. Um, How about you guys introduce yourselves a little bit? Hi, my name's Emma Andrus. Um, I just recently graduated from the University of Minnesota this past December, and I'm working full-time as a social media coordinator at a marketing agency. But um, more importantly, I just grew up like loving the environment and got um, interested in thrifting in high school. But as, as I met Spencer, we kind of um, developed this hobby together, and um, out came Blue Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I really love the community and just the spirit around the community in general and love what we've built on campus here. Hello everyone, Uh, my name is Spencer Quast. I grew up in a small town in southwest Minnesota, so grew up thrifting very little, it was only when I'd come to like the cities. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as Emma said, Emma and I actually met uh, freshman year, we lived in the same hall in T Hall, and we met and I think it was fall of 2020, COVID, COVID semester. Um, she was like, hey, we're both very into fashion and sustainability and thrifting. I'd gone more, <laughs> gone thrifting a lot more at this point. Just like, what if we started um, kind of creating a little brand on campus and promoting sustainable fashion through that? And uh, we kind of went headfirst in with a pop-up that fall in my backyard in Dinkytown. Um, and people loved it, and we've just been growing since then. Awesome. Very nice. Um, kind of stemming off of that a little bit, just like the beginning of your brand and like growing into what it is now, do you guys have any like specific ways that you really try to stick to like sustainability? Like do you specifically only thrift? Do you like buy from other people? Like anything along those lines? Um, yeah, I think it's been really interesting in like looking into how we've been like sourcing a lot of our stuff at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of struggling with the pandemic and, you know, thrift stores kind of cracked down with how many people um, can come in, go out, the processes that are involved in that. So right. it definitely became more difficult to thrift as comfortably during that time. So I think a lot of it, as we are both um, just students as well we have busy lives so online shopping through like depop finding kind of like more wholesale um prices Mm -hmm. definitely do help and you know there's a lot of options online uh through like selling sites so i think that it's kind of a culmination of friends of friends who are just looking to get rid of clothes thrifting um in person and thrifting online i don't know if spencer has anything to add to that but he's the king of depop so (laughs) (laughs) i'll hop on that um, I think when Emma and I really first started it, our main goal was promoting sustainable fashion, and I think that really lives on today. Um, so the cheapest way we can source is going to the Goodwill outlet 
Um, for anybody that does not know, you pay by the pound, so everything's unsorted. You grab all your clothes and you pay by the pound at checkout. Um, so most things cost just a few dollars. And that's the cheapest way. And uh, we've both gone to every and all thrifting, reseller, boutique, uh, vintage store in the area. And when we first started, we found a lot of these just weren't really attainable by the student budget. And um, so that's one thing I kind of keep in mind when I do pricing. I try to keep it as affordable as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, our prices have to reflect a little um, price margin for like the time we invest into it. but. Mm -hmm. I think a big thing for us when we're sourcing is um, promoting sustainable, so finding items that students want and giving them or providing them at a price they can afford. Okay, actually going along that, one of the big things that we were talking about when we were reaching out to all these brands is like attainability kind of, especially for students. So I guess if you guys could just like talk about, I was stalking your Instagram a little bit. So like <laughs> I saw two things that I had questions about that I was hoping you guys could explain. So you guys do use bidding for some things, right? Yep. And then also you have like a free items Instagram highlight. Can you guys just explain a little bit about what those are? <laughs> uh, the free items is something I personally came up with. Uh, it was, um, well, just when I kind of started this, there was a lot of friends and family that reached out and they're like, hey, I have some old clothes, do you want them? And I was like, sure. And it got to the point where it was a lot easier to take everything instead of just like a few items from them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those items um, just like weren't, instead of donating, because a um, little fun fact, a lot of what gets donated to Goodwills actually ends up in landfills. So it's like, it's a better option for me to give it away for free. And thus came this free option idea. And so at all our pop-ups and occasionally online, we'll give stuff away for free. Um, it's kind of the stuff I end up donating anyways, but it's also cool just to give clothes away for free. It's cool to see somebody um, geek out about something they can pick up for free. Mm -hmm. But uh, for bidding, those are usually, uh, we typically do um, Tuesday drops where we'll just upload something to our story on Tuesdays with a certain price point. But every now and then with uh, uh, the more popular items, we'll release something for auction. And that'll just be like an Instagram post and you can bid by commenting. Actually, just like going along with that too, pricing wise, um, so something kind of like where the idea of this episode stemmed from was just kind of how like thrifting has turned into this thing where it used to be you could go to Goodwill and find like eight pairs of docks on the shelves. You could find like Levi's for $5 and it's kind of turned into this like you go to the bins, it's like a feral like fight yeah. sometimes. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. And it's like, um, and then these items that normally would be like a dollar turn into like a $50 pair of jeans or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, so I was just wondering like when you go about like pricing stuff, like how does that work? Like what qualities do you look for for like higher priced items versus like cheaper stuff or your free stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that with the rise of TikTok and all these um, mm -hmm. influencers on TikTok, Depop boys, Depop boys <laughs> you just kind of know these people are trying to build this curated brand and are trying to, you know, mm -hmm. capitalize off the hype of the industry of, at what it is right now. And that's not really the mission that Spencer and I have. So as he said earlier, we're trying to cultivate more of like a community. And yes, we do want to get paid, but we also want um, students and whoever's coming to our shops to find something they like and not have it break the bank. We approach our pricing and our, our brand from more of a community base versus the hype that um, thrifting has recently got. And obviously you see that in like stores, but 
or even at TC Vintage Fest, you'll find like these highly curated shops, which yes, kudos to them, but I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it's kind of hard to pay like $50 for like a crop top that's like from 2000. <laughs> right. So um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that won't be a thing at Blue Tuesday, but I think a lot of people, you know, when you see like those high prices, sometimes you just think, wow, this must be $50 if it's like worth it, if it's priced that much. And it's sometimes just really not. It's also just like a, such a fine line of like promoting sustainable fashion and obviously thrifting. Mm-hmm. But then the aftermath of everybody going thrifting is the demand is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a weird balance game. But um, like Emma said, we try to keep ourselves affordable. Our primary avenue um, our most successful events, to say, are our pop-ups. And I have a house in Dinkytown. And so when the weather's nice, we do them in our backyard. And when it's colder out, we'll do them in my basement, <laughs> which sounds so sketchy, but uh, and it is. <laughs> but it's cool. Uh, it's a cool basement. It fits the thrifting vibe. Um, but we also do weekly story sales um, of just like five to ten items. And then we'll do some outside events. Um, as Emma said, we do TC Vintage Fest, which is a large vintage fest mm-hmm. here in the Twin Cities community. Mm-hmm. We'll do some brewery events um, every now and then and just some smaller events like that. I think the only other question I had kind of veering back to the beginning of our conversation was like, are there any challenges you guys face with staying eco-friendly and sustainable when it comes to like shipping? If like, Do you only sell to Minneapolis-based people or do you sell, because I know you have a Depop link, so do you sell like around the country basically? Like, What does that look like? That's another thing yeah. I really wrestled with. Um, I would say probably the vast majority of our sales are local. So, um, and the vast majority of our followers are students on campus. So when we sell something via story sale, um, we just do contactless pickup and I'll put it on my porch and they can swing by throughout the day and pick it up. But we do, we do have um, followers from across the country. So we do do shipping there, but I don't know the mathematics behind it. I'd like to think that um, keeping an item out of the landfill is a little more sustainable, even with shipping. But yes, I have thought about it. I don't know the logistics about it. But we do do a vast majority of our stuff in person, which I really help things cut that. I will say that I have I have seen and like bought from brands that use like biodegradable um, mailers and stuff. And I know in the past that like we're just Blue Tuesday is not at that right now, as Spencer said we're all, we're based pretty locally. And so I would say like less than 25% of our sales is like, I mean, if you count pop-ups shipping, like Like in the grand scheme of everything, it's like less than like, yeah, less than 5%. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I know in the past, like if I get a package and I'm like, oh, well this bag like was really easy to open. If I can just tear the label off, like I'll reuse the bag Mm -hmm. if I need to ship something again. Or, like, this is a nice box, like, and I can shove it under my bed. Like, I know Spencer has reused. I've never used a new mailer. Yeah, like, Spencer (laughs) reused. Like, we try to reuse, like, the stuff that we get, you know. So it's not like we're going out and buying all these, like, flat rate boxes and all of these, like, plastic mailers. Like, we try to keep it as sustainable and, like, within our loop as possible. But obviously, like, sometimes people are idiots when they like package yeah. things and there's just like tape everywhere and it's not, it's not salvageable. So unfortunately that's hard, but I think in the huge scheme of things, it's like yeah. very, it works out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know that Spencer, you were talking a little bit about this earlier, how, um, Goodwills, like a lot of the stuff that they take that they don't use, they just like throw in landfills. And I was just wondering, um, 
kind of like what's your guys' stance on people shopping at like local vintage shops versus like Goodwill and Savers? Like what are the like pros and cons? I think in general there's not really a clear difference between it because you're still I think in my opinion like you're still buying secondhand clothes and that's all that really matters. Right. Um, with our shops we have the ability to keep on like a hold of clothes much longer than Goodwill and um, other thrift shops. I mean like more like brick and mortar besides like Goodwill, more like curated shops, they mm-hmm. have the ability to do the same thing. But with these bigger like corporations, there's just a bigger turnaround. So of sure. course, like where are they going to send it? They have kind of have to send it to these landfills because there's like no other option that anyone's like created really besides right. like just recycling it through all these smaller, you know, trickles. But, you know, at some point, like we get to a point where it's like, okay, I can't get a get rid of this at this price point and I'm going to put it up for free and I can't get it rid of it for free. So I'm going to have to put it into a, like a Goodwill or a Savers or something. So it's kind of a, a giant cycle. But I think that, yeah, like the big picture is just that it's getting hopefully used secondhand. Yeah, I think I'm really covered the sustain- sustainability perspective. And from that, yeah, just shop secondhand. Um, from the community perspective, I would say, hell yeah, support the local scene. Um, Minneapolis has, actually, the Twin Cities has a really, really good um, secondhand scene. I'm going to throw out some brand names because Mm -hmm. I think they're cool. Um, 316 Vintage. Oh, actually, before I say all these, (laughs) go to local thrift stores because oftentimes the people are so cool. Um, And the more you get to know these these shop owners, the more likely they're going to give you a deal. Anyways, um, 316 Vintage, uh, Bro Bro's Closet, um, Daily Dose Retro, uh, Cat and the Cobra, Restore Society. Restore Society. Um, there's a lot of great local places um, covering every niche of clothing. So, it's yeah. Small businesses will always be better than, you know, going to a Goodwill and Savers. And a lot of times you can find some really cool stuff without having to put a lot of work into it. Yes. So I think that, you know, it's all what you do. You want to put in a lot of time and get, you know, an iced coffee and go to Goodwill and just spend an hour <laughs> or two at the racks? Great. Do you want to go to a smaller shop and say, where are your jackets? Because I'm looking for this. Do you have anything? And they'll be like, yeah, I have this. And it's from the 80s. And you can tell because of this, that, or the other thing. Or, you know, a lot of these owners, like, have a lot of passion for the stuff that they have. And especially, like, at 316, like, he's able to say, oh, yeah, that's that dress is from the 50s. I got it from here. And blah, 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 blah. And, like, you can learn a lot of fun things when you go and, you know, um, interact with these small business owners too. So I think that that's definitely a pro of, you know, supporting local as well. Okay, awesome. That was actually one of my like last questions I had. I was going to ask like what places you like to go, but I don't know. I think my only other question, I don't know if you have more, but it was just how can people find you and buy from you? Like what events are you guys doing? What's your Instagram handle? Like just give us the plugs, the promo. The Insta is Blue Tuesday Thrift. Uh, I've said it a few times that we do weekly story sales. Um, of like five to ten items uh, look out for I uh, will post all the events we do on our Insta um, we do some Dinky Town pop-ups we're doing TC Vintage Fest I think here in two weeks I think it's April 23rd um, but we also don't gatekeep so if you ever have any questions about um, identifying vintage where to go how to go how to buy an item where to look for it online shopping DM us because I will tell you literally everything I know can you can you like give us the rundown real quick on like 
how people can start like looking for vintage or looking for secondhand stuff themselves like sure just like a few tips and tricks maybe um (laughs) (laughs) okay well I, i mean i would say like look at the tags usually if you look at a tag of a shirt or some pants or literally anything if it looks old it's probably vintage then it just comes down to what year and everything but yeah if you see um like the country that it's made in for example if it's made in usa that probably that definitely means it's vintage unless you know there are some manufacturers that still go through the usa but very small um so if it looks old and it says made in usa definitely is vintage um i don't know what year that usually would be like the 60s 70s it, 80s sometimes but um also like on t-shirts you can look at the stitch at the bottom of your of your shirt or the um, arm of your shirt even on the shoulder seam usually there's two stitches that you can see a big thing in the vintage community is what's called the single stitch and they that is a clear sign of a vintage shirt it's just one stitch running on the on each um, seam on the shirt Um, and that varies from you know year to year I think like a single stitch on all three hems your waist your shoulder and your sleeve means it's like the most vintage because it's single stitch in all three Um, but yeah um, I would say that that's that's one of my tips look for that I don't know if Spencer has anything to add but uh sourcing i would just say go to the bins that's or the goodwill outlet i know that's bins is kind of slang to people that do not know and bring uh, gloves if you're um scared of germs because <laughs> it can get really gross but it's worth the scavenger hunt if you find something really cool that's a fun adventure go with friends i always bring friends um i love take uh, if you want to go with me you know hit my line <laughs> i'm down to take people <laughs> All right, our next guest we're going to talk to is from Fieldhouse MSP, which is a vintage store that's super close to campus. It's located right off University Avenue, and it is a little hard to find, but it's definitely a hidden gem once you do find it. My name is Renee. Um, I'm one of the co-owners here at uh, Fieldhouse MSP, and we like to sell clothes. (laughs) Nice. How long have you guys been running for? Um, So we've been together for like three years now, I believe. We started out selling at um, the Hideaway in Dinky. And then we moved into here two years, two years ago, yeah. So we spent like a year at Hideaway. Nice. Can you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about why you guys do secondhand or why you guys chose to like open a vintage store um, as opposed to like just doing like a, whole, like a wholesale resale type thing? Um, I think personally like we put so much time into gathering everything and, and sourcing all this stuff. It's like... Like, the reason why we're not open during the week is because we're all thrifting or sourcing clothes. So we figured the best way to show our tastes and to um, just show what we like, honestly, is to have, like, a a store. Awesome. Could you actually walk us through your, like, sourcing process? Like, like basically, like, first step to last step, like, when it goes out the door when you sell it? Cool, yeah. All right. So I can't speak for all of us. We all have our own different ways. (laughs) But, um... Personally, uh, I like to do a bunch of different things. I like to thrift. Um, I like to go to garage sales. I like to buy stuff online. And then usually, you know, either it comes in the mail or I buy it that day. I'll take it home, wash it all, and then bring it in the shop. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of my big questions kind of is, so we both have been thrifting 
since basically everyone started thrifting, right? And everyone like starts off going to like Savers and Goodwill and doing yeah. like all that good stuff. So I was just wondering if you could like kind of differentiate between like the differences between going to like small owned like vintage or thrift shops versus like going to like a Goodwill or okay, Savers. yeah. So I would say going to like a like a shop like us is a, a much easier um, process of finding what you like. I, I mean, at least personally, like. Half the stuff I own is from other shops or from my, my coworkers or myself. Um, as opposed to like going to a thrift store where it's everything's out there. It's not really right. sorted. Right. It's more so just what they get, you know. And then here you can come and see a little bit of the taste, I guess, of like the current fashion style or like what the shops like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we already talked a little bit about buying secondhand and buying vintage. Um, but one of the big things we focus on at our podcast is the sustainability element of everything and like why it's good for the environment and why it's good to sort of do everyday little things that are good for the environment. So could you just talk a little bit on that if you guys try to do that at all or like what about your store, especially with buying secondhand, like plays into the sustainability aspect of like fashion, I guess. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, most of this stuff is is like given away for free or sold for cheap. So it's like you're taking stuff that people don't really want and continuing continuing to give it life and um, Mm -hmm. being able to like wear something and then pass it on. Like we like personally, like with our shop, like we're always like giving stuff to each other, trading stuff to each other. It's like Mm -hmm. just keeping the fabric or the the clothing alive, I guess, instead of it going in like a landfill or something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then um, another thing that we've kind of been chatting about that's really, really interesting to us is also kind of just like the pricing process when you like go and find stuff. Because I know um, the other shop that we were chatting about kind of they like go to the bins all the time and go and like decide based on that. And we were just wondering um, kind of like when you buy this like whatever ten dollar three pound bag of clothes like how do you determine how to price like something that you find yeah i mean personally we've always been about um making things affordable and like obviously obviously there are like t-shirts or like certain brands that are worth more so we have to charge more just because you know we want to get our money's worth but um for the most part it's like you know what's a reasonable price to pay for a t-shirt that isn't like the price of a new shirt or like isn't like super cheap i guess like the perfect sweet spot yeah for sure okay so just as i'm taking a look around i'm seeing that you guys do way more than just clothes so can you just run us through all the kinds of things that you sell and how you not even how you choose them but just why you choose to do more than clothes because i'm seeing all the posters and stuff and i'm like i really like these they're kind of cool yeah i mean we wanted to put like our taste like so people know like what we want to sell i guess like like band stuff movie stuff um we try to keep that in the shop as much as possible and i think it just comes to like we're all like nerds at the end of the day like we all like this music we all like yeah. these movies and stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, and then, um, just for like people who might not be like big thrifters right now, but are like looking to get into it, do you have any like tips or tricks for people trying to like go into vintage that might not have like experienced it before? Yeah, I would say, um, a huge thing would just be to support all the different shops we have here in the cities. Like mm-hmm. you can make a day out of it. You can visit like five stores and you know, you might not like something at one store, but you like something at another store. Like it's, it's really just about going and visiting these small shops. 
Yeah, for sure. Actually, jumping off of that, I do have one other question as yeah. well. Um, obviously, here in the Twin Cities, we have like a super strong kind of vintage and like thrift community. And so I was just wondering if you could even just like elaborate a little bit on that. Like, do you d like being a store here? Do you guys ever like trade with other places? Do you like have friends and thrift together like <laughs> yeah. you know go through that um, a little bit i would say like yeah a huge part of like my friend group we're, like we're all thrifters like i've lived with thrifters ever since i've moved here um yeah it's just one big community we like to hang out every once in a while we like to um trade like if a store posts something that we like we'll be like hey like can i get that please yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please <laughs> um I just see the poster on your wall. Are you guys going to be part of the Twin Cities Vintage Fest? Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll be out there, yeah. Awesome, cool, because I feel like everyone else we've interviewed is also a part of this, so I feel like we want to plug it as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, we'll be there. Um, speaking of that, do you guys have any other events or things going on that people should know about? Yeah, um, I think the only other one that we have like announced is the um, Urban Jungle Flea Market, just coming up. Um, and I think there are a couple other things, but I'm not usually the one who sets those up, so <laughs> okay, yeah. I can't really speak too much on that. Okay, we were literally just talking about Urban Jungle, so that's yeah. so funny that you say that. Um, and then the last thing is just how can, or maybe not the last thing, but another question we have is just how can people reach you, and like whether it be on Instagram or in-store, like how can people find you to come and support your business? Yeah, just um, support us at pop-ups. Like we'll usually post if we're doing a pop-up, um, come in the shop, obviously. That's probably where we'll have the most amount of stuff. As, as opposed to like a little a little booth at a pop-up. Um, and yeah, just follow us on Instagram. We like to post um, our favorite things for sure. Cool. And then my last big question, just because <laughs> this is like my favorite thing to ask, just because I love kind of like promoting thrifting. But um, for somebody that doesn't thrift, how would you convince them to start doing it? Like why should they thrift? <sighs> I don't know. I think for me personally, it was like, the joy of finding something that you really connect with or something that you'd really want to wear. Like once you find that one piece, it's like, it's like a drug you can't stop. Like it's, right. it's awesome. Right, for sure. Awesome, okay, well thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I don't know about you, Carly, but I'm so excited to go and see all these new vintage places that they recommended us. Um, so I think we need to have a little shopping trip after this. I fully agree. I think specifically in the Twin Cities, we have such a vibrant thrifting and vintage scene that we have so much to go visit. Like for instance, 316 Vintage, Rewind Vintage, Cat and the Cobra, like it's really endless. And I think the coolest thing, like we sort of chatted with our guests about, is that each store has its own feel and its own look and its own vibe. So you really just have to go out and explore and find what you like. If you're interested in learning more about why fast fashion is bad for the environment and why you should shop secondhand, be on the lookout for Anna's story on our website.